Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the CDL Podcast channel. In this episode today, we are going to be reacting to some of the matches we saw this weekend, as well as maybe talking about some potential roster changes for some teams, and then giving our score predictions for week two of the qualifiers for Major 2. But before we get into all that, Kyle, how are you doing today? Doing pretty good. Uh, you know, this past weekend, uh, I, I admittedly did not... Um, engage in much call of duty at all um i was uh preoccupied with watching the entire season of drive to survive and then uh, <laughs> also went out and saw uh the new batman movie which is just unbelievable uh i would really recommend everyone to go see it um if, if that's kind of your deal if movies are something you like uh it's really really good um but you know that was almost a three-hour movie so i i was mm. and and plus like uh you know, eight or nine hours of drive to survive. So I was just like already burnt out on screens for the weekend. So, um, you know, only caught the box scores really, uh, and a couple of clips here and there, but, um, yeah, I'm ready to, to dive into, uh, you know, what we're going to do with some of these teams, you know? Yeah. Um, I'm really excited to get into it because this past weekend, honestly, you said you didn't get to catch a lot. You didn't really miss much. It was kind of a lot of boring series. Uh, and we'll talk about that in a second. But if you guys enjoyed on YouTube, please be sure to leave a like, comment, and subscribe. And if you're on the audio platforms, if you drop a follow and a review, we'd really appreciate it. Um, but like I was saying, Kyle, this weekend was a lot of boring matches, a lot of three O's, a um, couple reverse sweeps. Your boys in Minnesota pulled off a reverse sweep uh, because of an ultimate troll job by Paris. And just overall, a lot of matches that were just quick, done fast, and not even like close maps. Like not, It wasn't like 3-0s with close maps. It was 3-0 blowouts. Thieves looking horrible. Uh, just an odd weekend. We thought we had maybe some opinions kind of established, and we thought we knew where teams were, and then they, some of them kind of surprised us, I guess. Uh, we can jump into that. I think the first thing we want to jump into is a quick CDL points rundown, because Kyle and I were talking about this before we hit record on the pod. Uh, they haven't really like been too public with the CDL point standings, at least like I haven't seen. I know it's technically been out there, but I haven't really seen much of it. So we wanted to go through it, uh, starting at the top. Optic Texas just took over the one spot from FaZe. They have 105 points. FaZe and London tied with 100. Then Thieves and Ultra tied with 60, down to Boston at 6 with 50 points. And then from 7, 8, 9, there's a three-way tie between Florida, Minnesota, and Seattle. And then 10th is LAG with 30 points and tied for last place, New York and Paris with 10 CDL points each. So really the first update we've seen on the standings as of right now, uh, I think they're listed in order based on tiebreakers. So as of right now, Seattle surge first team out, we got surge gorillas, subliners and Paris currently out of champs, but all of them are extremely tight. I mean, based on points, a lot of things could change, but just want to give you guys an update on that because, uh, we hadn't really seen it much, uh, at all this year, I hadn't really seen it uh, like floating around Twitter or anything. So it's something to keep in mind as we start to talk about champ seeding. Uh, but you ready to jump into some reactions from the action this weekend, Kyle? Mm-hmm. All right, we're going to jump right into one that uh, a historic performance, I guess you could say this weekend, but maybe not in a way you would like to see. Uh, Jimbo comes in for Paris in their first match against LAG. They get three owed. Uh, not a great series from them. Not a great showing. We're like, OK, new team. Uh, and then they played against Minnesota and they get up to oh temp is frying. John's having some good maps. Gravity looks great. You know, Jimbo's struggling uh, overall in the series. He ends up going negative 68 kills 
in five maps versus Minnesota and drops a 0.49. I'm not 100% sure, but that's got to be at least close to some record for lowest KD in the CDL era uh, for a player. And, you know, the rumors were floating. Yeah, he's on 80, 90 ping. And when I heard that, I was like, okay, you know, like still doesn't excuse a 0.49. But, you know, maybe a little more acceptable. Maybe like as a newer player, he's letting it affect him. But then like somebody from like the CDL behind the scenes says, no, every single player in the series was on about 40 ping. And in some cases, uh, the Paris players were actually pinging better. So then I was like, whoa, this is bad. A 0.49. He was just playing way too fast. He looked like he was just trying to play eights or or a challengers match where he could just sprint to every cut and not pre-aim anything. And he was getting cooked. And I mean, I'm going to be honest, he really costed Paris here because I think Temp had like a 1.2. Gravity was in the 1.1 range. Uh, John had a 0.9, which I mean, when your sub duo is giving you a 0.4, a 0.9 is honestly kind of impressive. But yeah, Jimbo absolutely horrible for Paris. They should have won this series against Minnesota. Yeah, you would think so, especially after being up, uh, you know, 2-0. You took, uh, obviously, uh, Rocker can't buy an opening hard point. Everybody knows that. And then uh, yeah. to, to take map number two, you just said, I mean, all you have to do is win one more hard point or, you know, the control. Um, but yeah, you would think that, uh, you know, Paris probably should have closed it out. But yeah, just to historically, I mean, I don't want to, slander him too much but just you know a a pretty pretty dismal performance uh just in this series alone negative 52 kills um you know he looks like me if i got placed into like you know the top sr and in this in in ranked or something you know just getting cooked not really knowing where to go or you know what to do um so obviously obviously still some uh you know teamwork issues to be you know, ironed out, um, finding a pace to play that they, that him and John can both agree on, uh, or just like a chemistry, um, because obviously this game is fast paced, um, you know, just based on the movement and how fast the maps play, you know, from point A to point B. But, um, you know, I, I don't think we saw the best of what Jimbo can bring. Uh, but you know, this team, uh, you know, you you would think that he needs to turn it around pretty quick in order for this team to have any hope to you know win anything really. So, yeah, j- just kind of a tough scene all around. Yeah, and it kind of goes back to speak to, I mean, go back, listen to our last podcast. It goes almost to exactly what we were saying. It's like seems a little odd that you get rid of fellow completely and don't just like put him to the bench if you want to try this out and. For a team that has seen no success, you saw a glimpse of success with Fellow at the Major. You know, you win a match, you play the next match close, and you just dump him without even letting the chemistry in the team maybe get a little better. It it just goes to show that, you know, maybe if you make a roster change, keep the player you're benching on your roster just in case things don't go well, especially when uh, that team with Fellow at the Major showed definitely the best potential they have shown this year uh, so far. So you should maybe keep that guy on the roster because now I think they're screwed because unless... Uh, they like signed fellow to another contract, which would make them look pretty stupid. They don't have fellow anymore and they're pretty much screwed unless they want to sign uh, another new player. So just pretty terrible on the part of Paris. And you and I kind of hinted at this. I feel like we were spot on. We were like, Hey, it's kind of odd. I don't know that I would have dropped fellow right away. Like we hear Jimbo's got a lot of talent and uh, I don't think Jimbo is very well liked because people in the challenger scene were cooking him. I saw like enable say something about, um, like I thought this guy Jimbo, all the casters and like people were saying like he was like dominating the challenger scene and like a lot of challengers players and well-known challengers players, former pros were like, who said he was dominating? Like this guy has not been dominating. Like if anything, Cold Havoc's been dominating. He's He's been struggling, if anything. So 
sounds like uh, he's not a very well received player. And people were like, yeah, we kind of saw this coming. So interesting, interesting to hear that because I don't follow the challenger scene all that closely recently. So uh, from what I had heard, I also thought Jimbo uh, was supposed to be an extremely good player. Not saying he won't be, but um, sounds like uh, he's not very well liked in the challengers community. Yeah, that's kind of an interesting point you bring up. Um, but, you know, you, you wonder how much uh, this is just, you know, some pros being salty or some, you know, amateur players being salty about, you know, maybe, uh, you know, the seeming randomness of people getting brought up. Uh, they think that they deserve a shot. Um, you know, based on numbers and results alone, you would think that Havoc would be the first one brought up. But uh, we just know that these things aren't aren't the way that they are. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you know, hopefully it doesn't affect them too much uh, mentally because we know, you know, a lot of, you know, the player, the players are on Twitter. They all know what's being said about them, even though they try and pretend that they don't. Um, yeah. But, you know, I think this is a team that, you know, especially, I mean, I think you, so you more so than me are, you know, kind of invested in the uh, success of this team right now. So you yeah. hope that, that they're able to, pull something together and start, you know, taking, you know, every other, you know, maybe playing closer to, you know, 500 baseball, as I like to say, you mm-hmm. know, like, um, so I don't know, uh, maybe he isn't well liked or maybe he does have some kind of, you know, negative stuff on his name, but it's just kind of weird that it's coming out now, uh, when he's getting cooked by 50 kills in a series, mm-hmm. um, as opposed to, you know, when he got signed, I don't, I didn't really see a bunch of rhetoric about like, you know, who, like the Conor McGregor, like who the, who the fuck is this guy? Like, <laughs> why is this guy getting picked up or whatever? Uh, I didn't really see a whole lot of that. Maybe it was behind the scenes, but um, at least on Twitter and what, you know, casual people like us are able to see. Um, I, I wasn't really following a story like that. Yeah. And I, I feel like that would also be like, that would be something that probably would stay behind the scenes because nobody's just going to like publicly hate on a guy when he gets his big break and his big, I mean, if you would do that, you're just, that's just weird. If you're hating on a guy for getting his big break that he's been working for. Um, but I guess, yeah, I'm a little more invested in Paris's uh, success than you are. And it's kind of a shame to see them like throwing away some good performances from gravity in his first few matches. And Donnie Temp has been a superstar this year. I mean, he dropped another 1.2. Like he's been playing out of his mind, kind of a shame to watch them waste uh, those performances. And John has, has been special, but he's been uh, pretty average, like a good enough sub to win with if he has a running mate. But we'll talk a little bit about uh, Paris coming up here in just a little bit when we talk about some potential roster changes we'd like to see from the, the bottom uh, 8 through 12 teams. I think we can move on uh, to Neptune. Back in for NYSL. They go 0-2 on the weekend. Their woes continue. Uh, at this point, you almost are starting to just be like, man, uh, like what to even do with this team? Like, it feels like they have to blow it up, but it's just, it's, it's getting to the point where I'm just like, can they please just like win a hard point or just like win a match? Because like, it's getting really sad to watch Clay and Krim be so down bad on Twitter and like Hydra's mental looks to be like shattered on the cams, which I mean, I can't blame them. You have got to be defeated at this point as a pro and you just can't seem to win a map. Uh, and you're just getting smoked and you know, you have a lot of talent, uh, just demoralizing for them. I'm starting to like, like at first it was like kind of a meme, like, Oh, NYSL. Yeah. They kind of suck. But at this point with these players on the team and like how much of legends they are and how talented we know Hydra and Neptune's been struggling, but he has talent. Uh, it's just almost become a sad story that I wanted to kind of be over. Yeah. It's kind of like watching, uh, you know, like a, 
metaphorical like historic building burned down or something um i don't know like a fire at a museum or something like you have a bunch of like artifacts and uh you know that are just you know priceless stuff that you know could be lost and tarnished uh if you know how much of the legacies of clay and crim would be you know you you'd have to mention this you know historic way they've gone like if if this is the end which i i doubt i i still have my reservations on this being the end of them but you know if this is the way they go out um you know you would have to write a chapter in their in their biography about like you know they couldn't buy a win in the last season when they were you know consensus hyped up to be a top four team i i think everybody had them yeah and, you know, and if you did you had them as a playoff team at least oh yeah but i mean like you were just you you read off the cdl point standings and i was just thinking like you know if you swapped out like everything seems to be like kind of how we had thought except for subliners i mean to be completely yeah. honest and maybe gorillas are a little bit low right now too but like yeah. i think we all had you know Optic phase, thieves, ultra up there, and then you know maybe we had ravens lower, but um, you know getting back to subliners, it's just like, I mean I, I'm kind of in the same boat you are, like you know, because it's it's no fun for us to watching a match like they're kind of becoming memes of themselves where it's like oh might as well just turn off the stream if subliners are playing because they're you know yeah, it's like old but, Paris or old LAG yeah but at the same time it's like you know maybe it has a little bit more uh in, intrigue to it now because it, it's such a team it's a team that has like you know two legends of the game on it and uh yeah i i don't know why they why they're struggling so much i don't think anybody has a great answer and maybe that's part of the reason why it's like affecting their mentals so much you know um but yeah it, it's getting to the point where it's kind of getting sad but it's yeah, still it it's is still it's still kind of funny um but you know it, it's more so just like uh exasperation on on my part too uh yeah because you know they got cooked i, I think they lost 3-0 3-0 this this weekend if i'm not mistaken yes um, they might have won one map but either way it was one map that they won at most mm-hmm. um, yeah uh yeah, no, they they did take one off of uh off of um Ravens, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, tough scenes around the New York camp. Um I, I yeah, think they reverse gonna, left the control. Yeah, I think we're gonna get to uh get to them probably later on when we're talking about, you know, if we would do any roster moves, but uh you know, it, at least it's providing some content with people. Uh mm-hmm. you know, we're we're able to talk about it and uh you know, unfortunate for them though. Yeah, and like you said, we'll get more into them in a little bit when we talk about roster changes. Next team, Mutineers heating up a little bit. Six and zero map count for the weekend uh, over LAG and NYSL. Like we just said, the NYSL win maybe not super impressive, but I guess for a team like Florida who tends to just like randomly have terrible matches and lose to teams they shouldn't, and then they randomly beat teams they should, just to see them three zero New York and handle business is good to gain a little more consistency and then LAG, maybe another team that's struggling. But like, once again, this is that range where Florida is finding themselves. We'd probably have them in that seven through 10 range uh, so far this year. So to see them beating two other teams that are down in that range, LAG is probably in that same boat that like six to six to eight, six to nine range down there with Florida. So to see them three Oh, them is pretty impressive. Florida's kind of heating up. They're really showing that they have the, 
uh, the raw skill like we thought, but um, it's going to be interesting to see them play the very organized teams. You'd think LAG is super organized, but Mutineers kind of kind of beat up on them. And then obviously NYSL, I mean, nothing's going right for them. But Florida goes 6-0 map count. They start 2-0, positioning themselves to um, have an inside track to get a winner's bracket spot here in the next major, which could be huge for them because they're going to need to uh, pile up some points. And like we mentioned, uh, they're currently sitting in seven, but they're only 20 points behind fourth. So they could very easily find themselves jumping up and getting uh, some good seating heading out of major two if they're able to keep winning some matches and find themselves a winner. So huge week for Florida to get two big wins on the board. Yeah, I mean, you can't really fault them without with dropping zero maps on the weekend. No, um, but yeah, like job. you said, they do have um, a bit of a harder road coming up uh, in the next two weeks. They're playing some more organized teams. Play Optic uh, they, this week. <laughs> yeah, they, they yeah they still they have Optic, and then in week three they have Boston and uh, I just saw it, uh, Phase as well. Yeah, um, three tough matches. Yeah, so um you know i wouldn't get be getting too I, I mean temper my expectations a little bit but um it's positive to see these results and uh you know like you said they're showing that they have the raw skill um and you know maybe at this point in the game they can get away with you know some of that as well uh to kind of mask maybe some of their shortcomings uh you know i feel like a lot of people have kind of been down on them for you know, oh, they they didn't build this team right. They have three ARs. How can you have a team with three ARs? Um, but you know, I guess you know, beating up on gorillas and subliners. Uh, you know, it, I mean, you would you would kind of expect the subliners one, but you know, maybe gorillas to take three straight maps off of them. Um, maybe a little surprising, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh. Good, good on them. Uh, but like we said, they they kind of have a tougher road ahead. So, um, kind of temper my expectations over here. But once again, uh, we can move on from them because there's not a lot to talk about. Just a good weekend for them overall. But it's big, big time for them to get these two wins because you mentioned they play Phase and Optics still in this split, and then Boston maybe looking to be the one that they'll hope to win because obviously Phase and Optic will be tough. But Big for them to go 2-0 because you're expecting them to lose those other two matches. So if they were even to lose one this week, they're in danger of uh, losing three, maybe four games in this split ahead of uh, ahead of Major 2. So as long as they can just find a way to pull out one more win in the next three, maybe that Boston match, they'll for sure be in winner's bracket. There's even a chance that as long as they don't have terrible map counts because they are 6-0 and right now, that at 2-3, and three, if they maybe force a couple game fives, they'll find themselves still as like a 7 or an 8 seed, which... Last tournament, they start in losers just just to start in winners and give yourself that extra chance uh, to be able to make a mistake and lose a series is big. So huge weekend for them. Uh, hyped to maybe see if they can keep improving. But man, they're going to have to uh, sort out the teamwork because they are just a run and gun team. Uh, but hopefully that starts to get sorted out. Next team. Ravens 2-0 sweep. Super impressive week out of them, especially taking out Thieves. Uh, obviously earlier they take out new york once again you know we know the state of new york but taking out thieves is impressive even though thieves looked a little shaky this week they do it with paul x which i'm sure we're going to talk a little paul x later when we talk about roster moves and what we'd want to do because the guy's going to find himself on a starting roster uh pretty much 100 percent. but they look great doesn't even look like they lost a beat without gizmo paul x showing that you know maybe he 
uh, could have taken this roster spot with London. Obviously, London is definitely not complaining with the moves they made because Gizmo has been unreal. But Paul X showing that, you know, maybe one of these teams should have given him a shot right away to start the year because uh, he looked amazing and Ravens continue to look really good. I think at this point, uh, if anybody was still doubting them somehow after the major, you've got to officially say that, you know, Ravens are here to stay as one of the, the top four or five teams in the league. Yeah, I mean, super impressive. An- another team that had a super impressive map count uh, this weekend, they only dropped one. Um, to subliners, oddly enough. <laughs> right. And uh, and they got reverse swept on that map. They were up 2-0 in Gavutu Control and lost it. Yeah, so maybe, maybe some, uh, you know, back to the back to the um, you know chalkboard on that to see, you know, how how that happened. But uh, hmm. I don't know. Um, like you said, Paul X really making a name for himself. Or you know, really showing some teams that maybe that they missed the uh, missed the boat on getting him mm-hmm. um, to start the year. Uh, so he's definitely a hot commodity right now. You would say um, you would definitely imagine that he'd get picked up. Uh, Probably the hottest commodity right now. Yeah, that he'd get picked up in short order here um, for some of these struggling teams, maybe. But uh, yeah, may- also probably some uh, you know. Um, chip on his shoulder, coming back to play for his old team, uh, and kind of just mm. maybe turning up just a little bit extra to to show them that maybe they missed uh, missed the spot. Like, but like you said, you know, I, I don't think this team would have. Uh, I don't think they made a wrong move uh, no. going with Gizmo instead between of Paul. Two great players, yeah, exactly. And you know, Gizmo, uh, you know, borderline MVP candidate so far. Uh, yeah, unreal. But, no stage one qualifiers. Yeah. And uh, pretty sure Gizmo is going to be back really this have... week, though. Yeah, I mean that's what that's what it sounds like because it sounds like uh they're like oh thank you Paul like mm-hmm. yada 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 and he was on a two week contract so who knows uh what that situation is I guess we'll you know if Gizmo is going to be out for longer I guess we'd hear we'd hear something but uh yeah uh, I I can't really say anything negative about Ravens. They look very good. They look to be a staple top four, top five team. Uh, The last question we really have for them is, can they get over the hump? Because obviously two of their three losses this year, they had one random loss to LAG in the stage one qualifiers. And then their two losses are to phase and optic where they looked honestly outclassed uh, by the two teams. So the really the only hurdle and question mark left uh, for London is, are they going to be that consistent third, fourth place team? Or will they eventually be able to get over the hump? Uh, I think some people have kind of like written them off already. as like, they're not gonna be able to get over the hump. That's crazy to me. Uh, I definitely think they're an underdog against a, a phase in an optic, but I don't think it's wild to say that they could take out one of those teams. Uh, like I said, definitely not going to be the favorite in those series, but I don't, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility for them to take that, but we're going to talk about Paul X. I'm sure a little more when we talk about those roster changes we mentioned a few times, but I also want to give a shout out to him because I don't think, people really understand like the mental pressure that was probably on him in that situation. Like he's getting subbed in filling in for a team. Uh, He has to play, you know, New York, whatever, but he's got to play thieves who have looked very, very good. And he knows like, you know, I'm getting into the league here. This is my one shot that I'm probably going to get this year to like be picked up by a pro team and prove that I belong and like put up some stats uh, and like show that, you know, I'm a pro level player and deserve to, uh, have a roster is basically like his trial. Like he got two matches to prove he belongs and he completely showed up. You know, there could be some nerves there. You're like, you know, this is my one shot to really show it, but he showed up and he showed out. So shout out to Paul. And we're definitely going to be mentioning him for some of the rosters that we'd uh, like to move around next team thieves. Kyle, 
what the hell's happening here? Uh, cold start for the qualifiers. Granted, it was Ravens and Optic, two teams that I would consider to be a, uh, better than them right now ahead of them in the power rankings. I expected them to lose to Optic, but you know, I would say London with their normal roster is the better team. But you know, coming into the week with Paul X filling in and maybe not having as much practice time with a the team, they only practice with them a couple days. You'd expect that Thieves should be able to take them out, but I mean, they get three owed by London and then lose three two to Optic in around eleven. And granted, you know, people are saying Optic was kind of testing out their mat pool a little bit, but Thieves zero and two, kind of kind of alarming. Yeah, I mean, kind of sets them back a little bit in my mind. Uh... I mean, just from a, a qualification standpoint, even for the major, because like we saw last time, uh, you know, in major one, they kind of had a an semi unfavorable draw off the get go. I think didn't they play ultra in the first round and they lost. So they were just yeah. immediately. Yeah. So they were immediately down in losers and, you know, backs against the wall. So um, and, and we saw how good the uh, being a number one or number two seed can be. Uh, Mm-hmm. You know, just putting you in the advantageous positions. Uh, yeah, like we said, one seed last major played Boston, and then two seed Thieves played Ultra. Big difference. Yeah, so... Um, I don't know. Uh, it just didn't look like they had it this weekend. I mean, looking at, like, just a pure... Uh, from a pure statistical standpoint, like, they, they just didn't have, you know, what we come to expect out of the Thieves so far this year. Like, Especially that three zero, uh, you know, they kind of got blenderized on that opening Gavudu hard point. Um, it just looked like like they couldn't even. I mean, nobody was positive. Obviously, uh, <laughs> I don't know. Um, and then the optic match, you know, uh, optic testing out their map pool, so maybe you know, in a, in a perfect world, it would have ended sooner than a three, two. Um, but also in that series, just like the, the subs were kind of struggling, uh, Draza Envoy were both struggling. Optic and uh, and Ravens, they seem to be two of the top four teams right now. And thieves didn't look like they're on their level. They looked like they were a level below right now, which is alarming because we thought maybe they were trending the other way to get to that level, but they look like they're below that level, the top four, like pretty clearly right now. Yeah, I, I wouldn't disagree with that. I, I would definitely say Thieves are kind of like in that four or five range right now for me. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think that really just speaks to how good Optic is and how, you know, how we continue, or at least like people like me continue to just kind of like undervalue the Ravens. Uh, even though, you know, I, I am, you know, buying stocks, but I'm not like, you know, maybe I'm not like that, like to the moon guy with the Ravens yet. <laughs> um, just because, you know, I haven't seen it. Um, and I just see so much other talent in the league that maybe I'm just still hesitant to to go full bore on this team can win a major or something. But uh yeah, I mean, I I think it speaks more to the other teams and then thieves just having you know not showing up and playing their best this this week. Uh, really, um, you know, like like you were saying last week as well with like the I'm gonna keep buying optic until yeah. they lose. Um, I don't think it's fair to just sell thieves off yet. Um, 
I'm willing to give them some leeway uh, in being able to have a a dud weekend or two. But we've seen, obviously, for seeding and stuff that, you know, you kind of got to be on, you know, the the very vast majority of the time or else you're going to get, you know, you're going to get put in losers or you're going to have unfavorable seeding to start the majors. So just uh, you'd hope that they're able to turn it around uh, in the next two weeks. Yeah, and they have Minnesota this week, and then in the final week they have Seattle and LAG. So definitely like winnable matches. You would technically probably put them ahead of all those teams in power rankings, but you know Minnesota is a team that can beat you if you're off on one day. Same with LAG. If you hit them on one of their good days, they look amazing. Uh, and Seattle, maybe the turnarounds coming since they beat FaZe. Uh, you never know, but these are going to need to win at least two of these three matches to have a chance to get in winner's bracket. Uh, which is somewhere you'd expect them to be with this caliber of team. Next team, speaking of Surge, uh, they beat FaZe again, which is just so weird. Uh, and then they fall to Boston in the other series. They kind of got bullied by Boston in the other series. And then they just happened to beat FaZe in a map five. Um, that series against FaZe could save this roster, in my opinion. Like, I don't think it could be understated how important that win was because they get smoked by Boston. And then if they were to lose the FaZe, they start 0-2 again. They're on a huge losing streak. Uh, but maybe the series against FaZe is what they need for a confidence booster because I don't think any of us have doubted the talent this team has. They just haven't been able to put it together since early in the year. I mean, like, we all know Sib and Pred uh, are extremely talented rookies. Uh, I will continue to say it, uh, and people are finally starting to agree with me. Mac has been the best player on their team this year. I know Sib was unreal for the first couple of matches, but overall throughout the entire year, even when they've been playing poorly the last few weeks, Mac has been their best player. Uh, and accuracy, you know, he's a steady hand leader. We know the talent this team has. They just have been horrible the last few weeks. Uh, so to see them beat FaZe, hopefully it's a momentum builder for them. Yeah, I mean, I don't really know what to say, to what to say about this. Like, you know, I, I won't read too much into just like, oh, they beat FaZe. But obviously, you know, beating uh, beating a team like FaZe is like a huge momentum swing, you would think. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I mean, Mac has been unbelievable. Uh, I'm starting Probably a to, top 15 player right now. Yeah, I mean, I'm starting to come around on that thought as well that he's, you know, by far the best player on this team right now. Um, yeah, I was listening to a little bit of reverse sweep uh, earlier today, and they were saying like they were they were kind of saying like what we were saying a few weeks ago about like oh, uh, apart from like an accuracy ice up moment like twice, like this team could have like this team may have fallen apart before now, you know. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, I mean, they're able to, you know, they haven't made a move yet. Uh, it seems like this team is going to stick together at least for now, like we said. Um, but yeah, uh, they, they did get cooked in that Boston series. So just kind of the, the dichotomy. And then, you know, you come into like this narrative of like, oh, surge are like the phase killers or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so. You know, it, it was more so like a phase didn't really look sharp. Um, you know, Stellium only one positive. Uh, I'm sure phase are just like, you know, how the hell did we lose that match or whatever? Like, yeah, you know, we, we don't we don't like I don't know. But, you know, I'm willing to give uh, I'm willing to give thieves the hall pass. I'm willing to give phase the hall pass for the loss. And oh, for sure. S- similar. I'm not willing to. Uh, you know, totally like say Surge are back as like a top, you know, five team now because they beat FaZe. Obviously, they're they're still kind of probably on the outside looking in. 
in my eyes. Um, but yeah, that's I, I, not a whole lot to break down from from that in my eyes. But I mean, my takeaway from that phase and surge series is the classic Aaron Rodgers relax, <laughs> like chill out phase. Guess what? They lost three two. They're gonna be just fine. Surge. You know what? Maybe it boosts my confidence in them a little bit because they take out phase, but I'm not ready to just jump back on, like you said, the search top five bandwagon. They still got a long ways to go to climb back into that conversation. But I do think it's a huge moment for surge because regardless of uh, maybe phase is testing out some stuff or whatever's going on, uh, surge just need a confidence boost, because especially with young players in their team. We know Sib uh, people have said he can be a pretty emotional player, let his emotions get the best of him in the past. So for him to get some confidence when a series like this and just for the team overall to get some confidence boost going into the rest of the matches because uh, they're going to need it. I mean, what do they have coming up this week? They have optic, obviously a uh, very tough match. Uh, and then they have LAG, maybe a more winnable match. Then they get thieves uh, the next week. And uh, that's it. So they have optic LAG and thieves three. I mean, three pretty good teams. They got to play coming up here. So to get a win was pretty big uh, for the chances to start in winner's bracket. Next team, though, speaking of LAG, they split their series versus Mutineers and Legion. Another just like, like, who is this LAG team? They smoke Paris and look amazing in that series. Uh, and Slasher finally uh, bounced back and had an extremely good series. He got full streaks in two different maps. Uh, he finally looked to be back into form. And then the series before the Legion one, they get absolutely cooked by Mutineers. Like, wh- what is going on with this team? I don't know. Right now, they seem like a coin flip. Uh, I guess I just don't know where to pin this team, but I still feel like pretty good about them finding form. They just need to not lose so many matches while they find form. Like They need to keep getting winner's brackets so they can make a run on land eventually. And I hope Slasher's stepping into form because to me, if Slasher uh, gets into form, this team is going to be right back in there competing for like the top six range. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with uh, those points you made. Um I, I, I would have felt better about this team, like about being confident in this team one way or the other, if they had either lost both matches or won both matches. <laughs> um, but instead we're left in this like no man's land of like, you know, this team is kind of struggling for an, like it's an identity crisis, not in the terms up and of, down, like, up and down. <laughs> yeah. Not in the terms of roles, but I mean, I've written like the scripts for this before and it's like the, the consistency is just what's limiting them from, you know, really, breaking into that like you know like a slash b tier of teams um Mm -hmm. because we've seen how good this team can be and like you know asim being their best player uh or you know most impactful player uh you know we we've seen the the individual series that he can have that gunless can have and like we've seen slasher kind of like up and down now it seems like he might be rounding into form um and you know hook has that like go off potential in any map so um but it just seems like they're losing too many matches like you said to to really you know be a consistent top six-ish team uh so i don't know i i feel like if, if they would have lost both matches we would have been like okay this is this is a team that's clearly like you know on the outside looking in they really don't have you know maybe it's time to talk about roster change or something um whereas conversely we said last weekend i think in our predictions last week we said uh 
you know, this team really needs to look to win both matches this week. And what do they do? They go out and get cooked 3-0 by Mutineers, and then they come back and yeah. bounce back against, you know, Paris, which is like, granted, it's Paris. But uh, I don't know. Um, I, I don't really know how to feel about this team yet. And uh, I'd really like to know how I should feel. But, you know, they're just so inconsistent right now where I, I, I don't feel like I have a good... Like, I could say that I'm still, like, really confident in this team, and I think that's, like, where my heart of hearts is. But, you know, I, I'm just as ready to get hurt by them and have them be, like, a 10-11 team again um, as I am to have them be, like, a top 5, top 6 team. So, I, I don't know. Do you have any similar thoughts? Yeah, I, I feel the same way. It's like one week I feel like they're top five borderline, then one week I feel like they're borderline 12. They're just so up and down. But like you said, if, if we're expecting them to be that top six team, you've got to beat Mutineers and uh, and Legion. They handle Legion, but like we view Mutineers as maybe around that same range as LAG, and we view Legion as one of the bottom teams. So like if you're looking to become a top team, these are two matches. You just have to find a way to close out. Uh, I still, like I said... I think Slasher turned a turned a corner in that Legion series, and I expect him to keep that going going forward because Slasher isn't usually held down for too long. He's usually always a consistent player, and we haven't seen that too much from him uh, up until that Legion series. So I'm, I'm looking for more consistency out of him. I, I think he's going to find it. Um, we can move on, though, to our last thing to talk about for the weekend. Your boys, Rocker, split their series. They lose to Toronto. Uh, and then they reverse sweep Legion, which we already kind of talked about in the beginning uh, with the ultimate troll job by Jimbo. Um, speaking of that, I know you didn't get a chance to catch much of the series, but did you happen to get a chance to catch the end of the game one hard point uh, when Standy, I mean, might have been Calvin Ridley paid to throw the game? I did not. Would you uh, uh, educate? Yeah, so so Standy, uh, Tuscan P1, okay, the, and Rocker have full control. Uh, and Paris is spawning out church side, uh, like kind of like the backfield by church. You got, oh, is, you it, your, is, it, is this where like none of them are in the in the hill again? Well, Standy is in the hill, but he is literally Black Ops Two juggling the hill to try to get streaks. Uh, so like you got okay, you got what I'm saying. They have control yeah, the yeah, hill, yeah, yeah. and Paris no, I, is. I, I saw I saw a clip of this. Yeah, yeah, and Paris is spawning back church, and Standy is sitting like on the close like Godheady by you on the church side, and Priesta mind you has middle map covered so at worst case priest is either going to kill somebody that pushes you or worst case he's going to be able to call it out if he dies and like standy will then know if somebody's pushing but there is zero chance somebody can push him uh you without priest either calling it out or killing the person and standy is just jumping out of the hill back and forth and they're at like 245 to like a 242 lead or something and standy just keeps jumping out of the hill to check mid and jumping out of the hill to check mid and then he would have easily, if he just sits in the hill, they get 250, easy win. But he just keeps jumping out, jumping out, jumping out. And eventually they hit the 240, and then John hits the hill, gets like a two-piece. And Paris breaks in, and they win, because Stanley just keeps jumping out of the hill. And then Twitter was blowing up. Aches was saying, like, no, he needs to be fined for this. Uh, somebody needs to check for match fixing. That's what everybody was saying on Twitter. Like, and Nabel was flaming him. Parasite was like, what is he actually doing? Like, he he made up for it. He, he fried the rest of the series. But I actually, like... In recent memory, that is one of the biggest trolls I've ever seen. Like, if you just stand still in the hill and look down at the ground, they win the map. But instead, he's running back and forth, checking something that his teammate has. I think only explanation for it is the comms were maybe a little frantic because you're at that 240, 240 when everybody starts comming everything like crazy. And maybe he got lost in the mix and he didn't hear that Priesto was covering middle or something. But that that was outrageous. I couldn't believe it. 
God, I, I just watched the clip on CDL Intel. That makes me <laughs> that's enraging. Like if they lose um, that, if they lose that series, that I mean, you got to look back at that map one and you're like, what are you doing? Like, thank God yeah. they were able to reverse sweep for their sake. Yeah, you would also think that this team is like they, they have the teamwork and like the, the ability to calm correctly. Well, what do you think of Minnesota? What do you think? Fundamentals. And team yeah, fundamentals and like the ability to play together and you know I, I think that's their like Twitter hashtag is like play as one. It's like God, <laughs> like come on, let's uh learn how to close out a hard point or like, you know, stay on the hill. It was unreal. I'd never seen anything like it. I, that was the best uh, like comment I saw, though. Somebody said he was like juggling the hill like he was playing at streaks in Black Ops 2, and you just get out, let them take control, and get the points, and keep uh, farming for your score streaks. Right, that literally right. looked like what he was doing. Um, But kind of back to the point, Rocker, how you feeling about them? Loose to Toronto, uh, beat Legion. Honestly, didn't look like the roll swap had that much of an effect because, um, I mean, like we said earlier, if it wasn't for Jimbo, like absolutely trolling, like a fellow... Uh, or even decimate, we're still on the Paris roster. Uh, Minnesota was 100% losing to Legion in that series. Uh, they still almost lost while they were trying to drag Jimbo along in the series of this point four nine. Like if if fellows there, they 100% lose to Legion there. So uh, the roll swap didn't seem to be too successful at least this week. Yeah, I'm not exactly sure what to think of it. Um, it almost feels like they got, you know, it's kind of sad to say that they got gifted to win against Paris Legion of all teams, but like similar <laughs> to that, similar to how they beat optic week one back in major one. It's like, you know, maybe that like these, you know, quote unquote gift wins or something are kind of giving, like lulling them into a false sense of security. Um, where I don't know. I mean, I don't want to be the one banging the roster change drum, but like, they're sitting right at that precipice of like, you know, if, if one or two teams catch fire around them, they could be, you know, dropped out of CDL points quickly. Um, because it still seems like they're having like, you know, troubles in hard point and, you know, they're, you know, no, no team is like bulletproof in S and D like you're going to play, like, you know, you're going to win three out of four at the very best, you know, you're always going to, you know, there's no way to have a hundred percent success rate in S and D, um, even nope. though we give them a lot of credit for it. Um, but yeah, uh, a- a- another team that I don't really know what to think. Do I want to say that they should, you know, make a swap? I don't really want to. S- I don't really want to be the one banging the drum. Uh, but yeah, uh, I don't really know what to say about Rocker. <laughs> like, just, just uh, they, they definitely, you know, got away with one there. Yeah, for sure. Um, they're another team, kind of like LAG. They're a hard team to put your finger on. Uh, but speaking of roster changes, we got one little segment we want to do before we do our predictions for next week and get you on out of here. And that is talking about roster changes. And we kind of looked at the point standings. Uh, you got like your top three, your Texas, your FaZe, your London, who are clearly not making any roster changes, not considering it. Uh, we've got your Thieves, your Ultra, who are four and five, who, you know, are up there. I mean, technically maybe like thieves uh, after a bad week are pondering something, but we're just going to say for the sake of this, you know, these teams are pretty set. Uh, they're not doing anything. Even Boston has looked pretty good recently. So, you know, we're going to say they're not doing much. And we thought Florida with a six Oh map come week, kind of a weird time to be like, Hey, time for a roster change. So we're going to leave them out just for uh time's sake. And just, uh, you know, not make the segment super long. We're going to do eight through 12. 
the bottom teams, uh, that's Minnesota, Surge, LAG, Subliners, and Paris in order of the way they are in the standings. And we're going to talk about, you know, what should this team do? Is there a player in challengers you're looking at? Maybe there's not a specific player you're looking at, but do you think somebody needs uh, to maybe be swapped out to unlock things? It doesn't need to just be one player. If you think all four players in the team should be dropped, Kyle, you go ahead and you call them out. Uh, if it's two, if it's three, whatever. Uh, and maybe there's a couple teams in here that you don't believe need a rush change. Maybe they just need some more time. Uh, so we're just going to go ahead and discuss each one individually. I guess we'll start towards the top because these teams might be quicker. Maybe since they're a little higher in the standings, you don't have as much to change with number eight, Minnesota rocker. We just talked about them. You, you got any ideas for what you do to change? Cause they're one of those teams that are, you know, where their peak can be. Cause we saw them win an event with this exact roster last year, but does a change need to happen? Are they ever going to be able to hit that form again? I don't see. I'm not, I, I just, I'm not sure if this is their game. Um, mm-hmm. and I, I, I think that, you know, maybe they just need to, maybe they just stick it out and hope that, you know, they're building more of like a, like a dynasty legacy rocker team than, uh, you know, we're going to change it every year just based on, uh, you know, if we're succeeding or not. And, you know, as long as it's not a, like a dumpster on fire, then maybe they just stick with like at least a core like two or three players uh because it seems like they all really like enjoy themselves and enjoy the teammates and stuff um the only thing i could see like right now in vanguard um you know maybe they're impressed by paul x's performance um yeah for priesta and, and, maybe and they, and they look like to a priesta or a you know i i don't think major maniac is uh too hot on the seat right now just based on like you know the benefits that he brings in like your search and destroy and stuff. But um, I think we we've brought up Priest's name before. I, I think he could be maybe, I mean, if you do make a, a swap, I think that would probably be the logical pick. Um, I don't like saying it, but you know, just for the sake of the segment, I'll say that, you know, maybe, maybe a Paul X for Priest. Uh... Yeah. Um, here's my initial thoughts on it. I think, I'd like to see them stick it out through major two through their homeland, maybe a little bit selfishly because I want to see this team play on land. Uh, and I hope they're uh, in winner's bracket when that comes for their home event. But I will say, yeah, you can start to talk about it. And if, if this team approaches Paul X uh, and I know Paul X like recently tweeted some like lock emoji is like, like he got locked into a contract. So maybe by the time this is uploaded or by the time we're done recording, he'll be signed or announced or something. But like if if they approach Paul X, in my opinion, I don't think there there are two teams down here. I don't think Gunless is moving anywhere, and I don't think Sibs moving every, anywhere. So I think two of the teams' flexes are locked in, so Paul won't get signed by those teams. Uh, you know, if Minnesota comes knocking on the door, and the other bottom two, New York and Paris, come knocking on his door, like if you're Paul, you're one hundred percent going to Minnesota unless like there's a huge money difference, which I can't imagine Paris is offering a bigger contract. Uh, so like. If you're Paul, you're going to Minnesota because, like, if you plug into a team for Priesta, uh, and it's like, you know, you got attached, Standy, Major Maniac, like that team is built to potentially make it to champs, you know, maybe make a run. So, like, that's definitely where, uh, if I were him at least, I'd be choosing that team. But I'm going to say I think this team should stick it out uh, through Major Two just to see because I don't know that there's any roster change that, like, immediately makes them better. And, like you said, this might not be their game. Uh, like coming up these next few weeks, they've got Boston this week. They're one and one because they were able to take out Paris. And then they've got Boston and Thieves this week, which, you know, Boston's a team they could beat. Thieves have really been struggling, could see them uh, win that one. And then in the last week, they get NYSL. 
So there's a pretty good chance in my eyes that they come out with two wins out of those three matches, maybe even three, and they'll find themselves three and two or four and one. And then they get their winner's bracket spot in the major. Now, if they end up losing like all three of these get loser's bracket, it's a different story. But in my opinion, I think they're going to find a way uh, with the remaining three. I think they're going to win two, if not three of the remaining matches in the stage. And I think they'll find themselves in winners and we'll see how they do at the majors. So I'd like to see them stick it out uh, through this stage and then reevaluate at the end if they struggle. Yeah, I, uh, just to finish, to, to clarify, you know, the caveat of mine is like, obviously, don't make a change right now. You, you I would yeah. say at least at least through the land, the homeland for them for major two. Uh, just because we've seen them out. have success, yeah. like we know it's there. Yeah, and it really gives you more time to, uh, you know, evaluate, you know, you know, to maybe change how they play or, you know. You hear all this talk about role swaps. I'm not sure if that really plays a huge yeah. impact for this team, at least right now. Like, we didn't really see a huge difference. Um, but, you know, like we said, teams relearn or they, they, they learn more how to play the game. And um, so, yeah, that would be my thing is, you know, stick it out for now. But, you know, if anything, you're looking at like a Paul X or a, a priest to swap out or something, maybe. But um, I, I'd I like don't think it can, stick it. I don't think it can be understated. Um like how little time they had with this roll swap. Like they decided they were going to do it this past week before the matches and maybe got a couple days of practice in and then played two matches. Like they haven't had much time. Like maybe they need these next few matches to kind of heat up and get it going. Maybe, maybe that reverse sweep of Paris as the guns were heating up was a turning point for them. And we, like I said, with NYSL on the schedule, that should be a win. And then between Boston and thieves, I would think they'd be able to find one win there, especially with how bad thieves looked this past week. So I think they'll find themselves in winner's bracket for the major, and I'd, I'd like to reevaluate after that. Uh, next team, we've got Surge. In my opinion, I think this should be a pretty quick discussion on this team because, in my opinion, no roster changes needed because I'd like to see this team stick it out. I think this is almost like a project year for them. I think, you know, Sib showed rookie of the year talent. There's just no way you're swapping them out. I mean, I guess you can like consider Paul X, but like Sib is one of the hottest young commodities in the league. We know his raw talent is off the charts. Uh, same thing with Pred. You know, he's had his up and downs, but we know he's one of the hottest young commodities in the league. His talent is off the charts. Uh, Surge hasn't had a team with this level of talent ever in the CDL. So they're they're keeping those two guys. Uh, Mac's been their best player. He is the most undroppable in terms of just Vanguard, not looking ahead to the future. He's the best player right now. Uh, and accuracy is the glue that keeps it all together. I mean, he's the organizer of this team, and I just don't think there's uh, a main AR swap out there. I mean, who's the best main AR in challengers right now? I mean, Jordan Generals won five cups in a row now, so maybe him, but he's you know locked into optic. I I doubt that they're moving anything. I doubt they're moving accuracy. So uh, in my opinion, Seattle needs to stay and uh, continue this roster and see what they can do because there's no clear player to drop because it seems like Sib, Mac, uh, Pred are like building blocks going forward, and you're not gonna uh, drop the guy that is the glue to all that inaccuracy. Yeah, I agree. I don't I don't see a logical swap uh, for accuracy. And, you know, we I think I've hit on the narrative a couple of times, like people are saying, oh, the, the, the three young guys will gang up on accuracy and force them out or, you know, tell the management they want them out or something. But, you know, we don't really get to see the behind the scenes stuff, you know, how much accuracy is like just as much of a coach as he is a player um, or, you know, at least a coach from like a managing mm-hmm. personality standpoint. Um, and also, like you said, like the glue that keeps the the team together. Um, I agree. You know, they they it seems like they've really 
you know, stumbled onto two potential superstars in this league in Pred and Building blocks, uh, for sure. Yeah, and guys that they hopefully want to stick with for a while. And, you know, Mac year over year continues to prove that he belongs in the league. I know, like, a lot of people were giving him shit back in uh, Modern Warfare. Um, you know, they, they want to land, they, uh, New York won their homestand, uh, their online homestand. And then, you know, he continued to impress, I think, for the most part on that New York team last year. And, uh, you know, he got another shot this year and he's like, we've said, he's been like, probably like without a doubt, probably their best player and probably one of the top like 10 or 15 players in all of Vanguard. Um, so, and, you know, accuracy, you know, glue guy. So I, I think this team should stick it out as it, as it is. Um, I don't see a logical swap for any of those players at this point. And really, I just would like to see them, uh, you know, who knows what the what the problem or issues are right now, but uh you know, you would like to see him work through it and you know, hopefully come close to hitting those highs that they were hitting early because that was an exciting, exciting team to watch. Yeah, I mean we were talking about them having event event winning potential. Uh, right. and then it quickly fell off. Um we can get into this next team that's tenth in the standings. Uh, and I think we can honestly unless you have some crazy thing to talk about, I think we can honestly pretty much just quick touch on them and then move to the teams, save some time for predictions, move to the teams below them that actually like for sure need roster changes because at 10, we've got LAG and I'm in the same boat as I am kind of with Minnesota uh, because we know the potential this team has. There's no clear swap out. I mean, ASIM has been their best player hard uh, to want to swap him out. Gunless really popped off in that last uh, series when they had this past week and has been very good this year. Um, we know the potential that Hook has. We want to uh, kind of see him continue to be unlocked. He's shown some really good flashes. Uh, and Slasher was really the guy who'd been struggling a lot, but he looked really good for a bounce back, and we know the the potential this team could have. If they're able to really get organized on the map and put everything together, we know what a machine they could be and how organized they could be. Uh, I want to see them at least stick it out through uh, through this major two, see another land of this team, and then maybe if they really struggle there, time to reevaluate. But I don't want this team to change until uh, post major two. If if they're maybe uh, maybe have another bad showing at the land. Yeah, I I agree. Um, I don't really need to add too much more. But uh, just going back to what we've said before, like we just need to to see this team get more consistent um, because they're not doing themselves any favors by starting in losers. Uh, and you know, it's only been one major land so far, but, uh, it just seems like they're still kind of riding that, you know, uh, these waves of like, you know, consistency versus inconsistency. So, uh, it'd be nice to see them like towards the top, uh, for one, at least one of these lands to really like show what they can do in a full, like double, double Elim bracket, as opposed to being like immediately backs against the wall. They have to win every single match in order to you know survive in advance as we say yeah let's um, see them in like a winner semi or something yeah exactly or, or you know start in that one or two seed and really like you know have a full unlocked bracket for themselves to really like you know maybe they like start off round one playing playing like a uh like a breach or somebody or you know like one of these like other teams that we say could be in the middle or something i don't know these are just like my stream of consciousness thoughts but like i agree uh, stick it out yeah. All right. On to the, the two teams that I would say pretty much you for sure 
want a roster change. I mean, maybe there's a world you say for Paris. You don't because you want to see Jimbo get a couple more weeks or something. Uh, first team, though, they're technically listed as 11th right now uh, because their map win percentage is higher. Yeah, it's about 1.4% higher. So uh, they're 11th in the standings, and that's New York. Um, what do we want to see done with this team? I think what I've seen the consensus, a lot of people say they want everybody dropped but Hydra. The roster just like blown up. Uh, people have been talking about trade scenarios, but I feel like trade scenarios are very tough to get into because this isn't like football or basketball where these are billion plus dollar franchises that can just like eat a contract and be like whatever and like just trade players back and forth. Like money's a lot tighter for these teams. They don't have billions of dollars. Uh, and like they can't just like trade Crim and Clay to a team uh, or to separate teams and have them eat the contracts they have because I'm sure Crim and Clay are probably two of the highest paid players in the league uh, with like you know their status um, amongst the pros. I'm sure they're two of the highest paid, if not the two highest behind Scump. Um, so I can't imagine trade scenarios are too easy. Like I said, a lot of people are on the boat of drop everyone but Hydra. Uh, I think it's safe to say Hydra is 100% safe. He should be on the roster. Uh, I think Neptune 100% has to go. I mean, the chemistry is just shot in this team. It's just not working flat out. Um, I think the other guy, it sounds weird to say, because when the Dallas Empire breakup happened, I was on Team Clayster. I thought he should have stayed uh, when they were forced to break up after the champs win. I thought Clay is the better main AR, uh, and he should have stayed. But in this game, Clay has looked very bad. Uh, he has just not been himself. And Krim has actually looked pretty good overall. Um, and has been thrown into a lot of tough situations. So I'm kind of in team. I, I believe you have to keep one of Claire Krim, and I might be in the minority there, but I think right now I'm team keep Krim and Hydra, and you've got to drop Neptune and Clay. The only thing that makes me hesitate is I do believe that Clay is a better main AR. Typically, he's just been so bad this year. And the other thing that makes me hesitate is Clay is kind of the guy that's brought along Hydra since he came over. So I'm a little bit scared that Hydra would be upset by it. And, you know, Hydra's the guy you have to please because he's your franchise player. Uh, I'm a little scared that he'd be upset. So maybe I could see keeping just clay and Hydra and trying to like trade Krim for something, but not exactly sure who I'd go with. I obviously would want Paul X and maybe havoc. That's kind of what I'd look at, uh, get a, a sub to speed it up with Hydra and havoc's been absolutely cooking this year. So maybe give Hydra a good slaying high, high upside slaying veteran player to go with him in havoc. Uh, and then Paul X has looked unreal. You get him in there with maybe Krim on the main or Clay, whoever you choose. And I think we'd see some improvements out of this team. Yeah, I like that. Um, I definitely like... It's definitely more reasonable to think that one, either Krim or Clay go, and then they just... you know, I think, I think cut, for they, sure Neptune's gone no matter what. They keep two cut two. Um, and like you said, like we these teams aren't like... You know they're not willing to pour like millions and millions and millions of dollars into their CDL team of all things. Um, yeah, like these orgs like I, I, they're owned by like Anbox or something, uh, or at least that's what I see on their on their socials and stuff. But um, yeah, yeah, I it's kind of funny because uh, I just saw something on on uh, Twitter about this like earlier in the day, and I was like, you know, just cut everybody but Hydra and ask Hydra to pick up three like am players that he wants to play <laughs> with or something like this this year is already pretty much shot you would say i don't know um, you'd say that but they're only yeah, 30 yeah, yeah, points yeah, yeah, behind yeah, yeah. playoffs right, right right okay i get i get that but like the way they're going it just doesn't look like a good trajectory um 
and you know any anything is possible with like with, with the talent that they could that they have and possibly could acquire um they could go on a massive winning streak if they get the right pieces but it, it's clear that you know there needs to be some kind of like kinetic energy here to to break this up um it doesn't seem to have worked um unfortunately for a lot of us we had thought like oh my gosh clay crim and hydra and then you know neptune this just seems like a god squad waiting to be unlocked and unfortunately that's just been the complete opposite um i would say clay is gone and probably retires um oh i hope not i i just don't see a market for uh a guy with his you know he has been cheeks at this game i don't think i'm you know too out there i don't think any teams are looking for a player that you know is just not good at this game and you know um, his salary is pretty high as well yeah and i mean you know especially he comes in with an agenda as well like he doesn't come into a team you know and what teams really need a main that are like you know in the market for a guy like clay uh i don't think too many i can't really think of any off the top of my head uh and you know it seems like neptune is going to be gone too uh i i like i like the uh the paul and havoc idea um i can't think of too many other people off the top of my head like i'm not too plugged into the challengers community um and it doesn't seem it doesn't seem like there's you know I don't think there's been too many historic, um, you know, one for one player swaps. I, just got I, an idea. I, I, I think Clayster was the only player in a one for one swap uh, way back when. Yeah. I can't recall. I, I heard that on a play for Gunless. So. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah IW, right before IW champs. Yep. That's not my original thought. Um, but yeah. Uh, so I don't know. I'll be a little bit different and say drop all three of them and keep hydra and ask him to go get like three like french speaking players or something uh, i have an uh, idea for you all right go for it um well first of all i just thought of another one for one swap uh kind of a high profile one formal and octane got swapped in world war ii um but my idea for an, a play was uh if you're if you decide clay Krim we're done with you uh personally that's not where i'd go i'd like to keep one but if they decide we're done with you uh neptune i think they're already done with him and they go three why don't you just go right on over to that uh, that challengers team, Texas Nation? That's won uh, five cups in a row. Uh, I mean, first of all, that's unreal. They also won the elite stage one. Uh, Jordan General, pluck them from Optic. You're my main AR. Uh, and then this is assuming uh, uh, I forgot to caveat this with this is assuming Paul X uh, signs somewhere else and they're unable to get Paul X. Uh, I'd like them to go after him first and foremost as the flex but let's say he's signed with uh minnesota or paris he's gone he's off the market um i'd like them to bring in jordan general boom main ar and then you pick two other players from that team uh who's their flex in that team right now oh my god i'm blanking they have brezzy and havoc on oh, subs uh oh kismet brezzy's their flex right now i believe because kismet's playing so they have kismet brezzy um jordan general and havoc on their challenger team that's won five in a row so boom you put on uh, Brezzy on your flex, French speaker, uh, to get that um, that chemistry with Hydra. I believe he's also from France. Uh, and then Havoc, who's been frying. So you get Havoc to be the sub duo with Hydra. 
Uh, Jordan General on the main AR, Brezzy to play the flex, and that's three of the four players from Texas Nation who have been running the Challenger scene. They're literally like a dynasty right now in the Challenger scene, winning five tournaments in a row. Uh, so if they're if they're dropping three, I'd like to get another French speaker in there with Hydra, get a little chem up there with those two, make Hydra maybe feel a little more comfortable, uh, and then get General and uh, Havoc. Unfortunate for Kismet if he gets left out, uh, but if they're only picking up three from that team, somebody has to get left out. Right. But I, f- well, I feel like that's a way to keep yeah. chemistry up too, though. Yeah, that's, that's I I like it. I like I mean, really any iteration. It's it, that's why it's kind of like it's kind of like that sadistic fun that we have with like midseason roster mania, hmm. um, where it's like you know we're having a lot of fun and content at the at the uh, peril of you know two of the all time goats. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah. we could probably we could probably drop an entire you know hours long podcast on how to fix florida or our various ideas and talking through it but uh it mean i mean like i said it seems clear that some like i said a kinetic force needs to come break this team up uh and it's gonna suck for some people uh because it like i said it might spell the end of someone's career and uh i don't know uh i guess it, it it seems like it's coming pretty quickly I don't it know. It has to. It has to be coming quickly. I mean, they can't win a map. They haven't won hard points still. And we're halfway through almost to uh, their matches leading up to major two. We might go into the second land if they keep like let's say they keep this roster. We might go into the second land and they won't even have won a hard point. Like, that's ridiculous. Uh and talk about like we can move on to Paris so we can uh, get on to predictions, but uh, talk about such a weird situation. Like if you'd have told me going into this year that we're talking about dropping Krim and clay for Brezzy in general, I'd have been like, what are you on? <laughs> like mm-hmm. that's unreal to think, but I really would like that. If Brezzy's on your flex, get that French connection with Hydra, you get havoc in there. Who's been the best sub in challengers to run with Hydra. And then you get Jordan general whose team has just been super successful. So clearly he's directing the troops in the right way. And we know he's a very skilled player. He's, uh, been around the pro scene for a long time before the CDL. That'd be interesting to see, but moving on to Paris. Uh, this is maybe they're on the bottom, but maybe some people think they shouldn't make a change and they should let Jimbo rock out for a couple more weeks since they just made a change. But I feel very, very strongly that what I watched from Jimbo was a guy who was not ready to be in the CDL, uh, was just playing at a blistering pace. Looked like he didn't have a slowdown button at all on him, which you need sometimes uh, in um, in the CDL, you need to you need to know. It's good when your sub wants to play at a fast pace to unlock the map and open up the map for other players, but you need to know when to slow it down and speed it up. Something that Zuma always talks about. You need to be decisive, and you need to know when to speed it up and slow down. You need to know how to pace with your team. And he looks like he has a lot to learn in that department. I don't know if he's ready for the stage. My opinion: a couple players we talked about already. Paul X, boom, instant plug-in. Temp goes back to full-time sub, <clears throat> and John's full-time sub. Paul X is your flex. Gravity is your main. Uh, it's a clear connection because Gravity and Paul X were on Wester last year, one of the, uh, like the dominant challengers team early in the year. Boom, they've got the chemistry. I feel like the team would get a lot better. In my opinion, they instantly jump current New York and they get themselves in the mix for that eight spot. Because like we said, Paris right now, only 30 points behind seventh, uh, only 40 points behind sixth, and even only 50 points behind fourth and fifth. Like with a good run, uh, any of these teams in the bottom could still find themselves in, in the playoffs. Uh, other move, I'd say, if they strike out on Paul X, he goes somewhere else. Uh, Havoc. 
you bring in Havoc, you bench Jimbo, uh, the roles can stay the same. Temp stays in the flex. Gravity goes in the main. Havoc goes on the sub. And uh, obviously, John stays on the sub. Got a decent little veteran lineup there. Uh, I think they get instantly better because Havoc is not going to be dropping point four nines. He's going to be more consistent. But I, I believe Jimbo's got to hit the bench. Uh, he could easily bounce back and start frying and fix his pacing issues. But uh, from what I saw this weekend, I feel like it might be a recurring issue. Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely still in the uh, wait and see camp. Um, just based on the cavalier nature of completely cutting a guy like Fellow. Like he's not even on the he's not even a rostered player anymore. I mean, if they um, would still have him on the roster, I'd just say sub him back in. Yeah, 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 but exactly. But idiotic like, move by them you, in the first place. Gotta at least play through the LAN in my or and that might seem like you're giving such a long leash to a guy that yeah, I disagree with that. negative sixty eight kills. Um but like I un- unless they're willing to go out and spend even more money um because you you know Paul is going to be getting at least offers from one or two teams like um Yeah, I would expect New York I, at least offer him. And I wouldn't if I was Paul, I would not take minimum to go play at Paris and that's just me being like selfish for him because like you know don't go dead end yourself at Paris, even though like Paris does look like they have some upside. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I'm going to stay in camp, you know, stick it out for another week or two. Um, but I mean, like, like we said, their, their time is ticking as far as like, you know, getting points, uh, even though they are like within striking distance, if they win a couple maps, but, uh, yeah, I mean, like it, to me, it seems clear that, you know, Jimbo is probably not the answer, but I'd still like to see one more week. I I, I guess I'll I'll retract and say, give me one more week. Uh, yeah. And if he if he goes out and is terrible again this week, like decisively terrible, then it's definitely time to, you know, bench or cut him. I don't know what their policy is over at Legion, but uh, yeah. and then and then we can discuss. But uh. I've got to see one more. Yeah, I mean, I'm uh, we're in disagreement on this one because I'm ready to. I, I saw enough this week. Uh, but I will say with the Paul thing and like you, you wouldn't maybe go to Paris personally. I don't think Paul is only going to get an offer from New York uh, and potentially Paris because like looking at the rosters, none of the top five are benching anyone for him. Uh, I could maybe see a world where people have been really calling for TJ's head where Boston could think about it if they want to be proactive, but I don't see that happening. I don't see Florida making a roster change after this week. I don't see Minnesota making one this fast. I don't think Seattle or LAGR. Like I feel like none of the teams in the league are making a roster change this week except New York and potentially Paris. And I don't think uh, Paul's going to sign on unless he gets a guaranteed, like, hey, we're going to sign you on, you're starting. So I don't know that there actually is that much competition unless he's willing to wait for another team to maybe blow up at the major and like sign with them. I feel like his only offers this week will be New York and Paris as bad as it sounds. But like, like we said, two of these bottom teams with Sib and Gunless, they're set. And I don't think Minnesota is quite ready to make a roster change like in their eyes. So I, I feel like his only offer besides Paris, if they offer him would be New York. So uh, they, they might have a little bit less competition than you'd think, which might allow him to sign there. Uh, but that's it for potential roster changes. We could jump into predictions and get everyone out of here if you're ready for that. Yeah, I'm ready. All right, you want to give a score update? I know uh, we were both pretty abysmal uh, 
to speak for for pickums I, I went bold on some series looks like i got four wrong uh or not four wrong in total but four where i got negative points because the team i picked got swept uh you had some negative points just seemed like both of us uh, struggled we had one map prediction correct and that was the first series where i predicted london over nysl <laughs> that was the only correct map score for either of us yeah, so uh, points update. Um, I'm sitting at 38 points, and you are sitting at 29 points. So we're at a nine point um, difference. Uh, yeah, some you had four maps uh, or four matches where either the team you picked got swept or reverse swept. <laughs> so that was yeah. Uh, you know, it kind of negated your um, correct map count prediction for that opening London New York um, map or like any advantage you gained out of that was kind of wiped away. Mm -hmm. Uh, But yeah, uh, not a great week for either of us. Um, But yeah, so that that's where we're at 38 to 29. Um, But yeah, I mean, it it was definitely some, some oddball matches this past weekend. So weird. All right. You ready to get in and see if I can make up some ground on you? We've got a, we always seem to say it, but we've got some exciting matches in my opinion this week. Got a couple bottom feeders playing each other at some point. We got a couple top dogs playing each other. Um, first match, though, uh, the two European teams, not European rosters, but the teams geographically located over in Europe, London versus Paris. Uh, this is an interesting one to me because I do feel like if Paris does make a roster change and brings in a Havoc or a Pollux, I could see this being a five-game series. But if they have Jimbo in, uh, he his fast pace might work better against london than most teams because of how fast uh london also plays where they're just like so break heavy and hit everything so fast that maybe he would struggle a little less but unless some pacing issues get sorted out uh with this paris team i just don't know if there's a way that uh they find a map Uh, i'm going 3-0 london i'm gonna go 3-1 london uh i just i don't know i I, I like to say that, you know, Temp and uh, Gravity could drag this team along to one map. Um, but, you know, I, I definitely see a 3-0 in the works as well. But I'll I'll, I'll go ahead and give Paris one map. Okay. Yeah, I, I mean, uh, I'd be shocked if Paris finds a way to win this one. Uh, honestly, regardless of who's playing, I guess, technically, I don't know if they've announced that Paul's gone. They pretty much did. Uh, it doesn't really matter. Paul or Gizmo here. I still see him smoking them either way. Uh, next match. Rematch of the major round one of major one. Optic versus Seattle. What are you thinking here? Optic looks like they've taken over as the best hardpoint team in the game from Thieves when they 100 point clubbed them last week. Uh, Seattle obviously was kind of on a downfall. Maybe they turned things around with the win over phase. Where are you leaning here? Uh, it's a tough one. Uh, you know, will will Optic play another like let's expand our map pool or like, I I guess that was kind of a narrative. Like optic was like, you know, they played desert siege, which is not one of their maps. Uh, Or will they button it up and go for just a quick three Oh or something? Uh, Or, you know, just veto maps that they don't like to play. I don't know. Um, I'd like to give Seattle one map, one or two, uh, but I'm going to be sensible and go optic three, one. Okay, that's where I was leaning as well. Uh, I'm pretty much in camp pick optic until I see them lose, kind of like I was with FaZe. You brought uh, me over to that camp. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I just don't see, uh, in my opinion right now, I don't think there's any question that Optic are the best team right now. And Seattle is such a roller coaster that, like, unless Optic is playing, like, a London or a FaZe or even, like, a Toronto, like, those are the only realistic teams, in my opinion, uh, to pick them to lose to. Not saying that, like, Seattle or, like, they play Florida. Those teams could beat them. They're still CDL teams. They're still good teams. Like, they have a good day. Optic could lose to, realistically, almost anyone in the league right now besides, you know, maybe, like, a Paris and a New York. Uh, they could realistically lose to anyone, but there's no way I'm picking them to lose to any of these teams because it's like picking against FaZe like in all of Cold War. Like, yeah, they're bound to lose a couple matches here and there, but they're far and away the clear best team. So you're never going to pick against them. Uh, and until Optic shows some cracks and maybe starts to slow down, I'm, I'm not going to pick against them. So I'm agreeing 3-1 Optic over Seattle. Uh, would like to see Seattle have a productive series and make it close, though, to show that the upward trend that we think they could be on after their win isn't a fluke. All right. Big match here, Kyle. Uh, I'm going to be honest. I'm going to be a Minnesota fan in this because like we said, uh, I am going to major two. I will be in attendance with a couple of my buddies and I want to see the home team in winner's bracket because I hope uh, like the first uh, event in Minnesota, the kickoff for MW, they had a pretty crazy atmosphere like Minnesota fans showed off for the team. So kind of like they had for optic in Texas at major one. I want to see a big crowd for Minnesota and show out and really cheer for the home crowd because it's kind of a, creates a cool atmosphere. Uh, especially for a team not named Optic to be getting loud cheers makes it kind of cool. Uh, so I'm going to be ruined for Minnesota in the series, but am I picking them? Uh, I am. I'm picking a 3-2 Minnesota over Boston. Oh, I was not expecting that. No? I just feel like Boston, people are really up on them because of the way they looked against LAG, but I still do think like they're not like some world-beater team. I feel like, in my opinion, Boston and Minnesota are like deadlocked at about the same spot in my head they're teams that i think have high ceilings but also uh can kind of bottom out a lot this year i just think minnesota is going to be a little more fundamental and they're going to ice up in a map five and get to two and one uh ahead of their match with the la thieves so i'm going with your rocker three two that's nice uh i was kind of <laughs> it kind of threw a spanner into my uh into my prediction here because i was gonna side with you on boston <laughs> uh, in, in like a 3-1 or something but now it feels kind of sacrilegious to be picking against rocker when you're siding with them hey i'm I'm even admitting to you that i'm cheering um, for him i usually don't talk about who i'm cheering for in a series i sometimes yeah, have my yeah, teams yeah. i like but i'm even saying i'm cheering for him here yeah that's totally wild you caught me totally off guard here <laughs> um so i'm gonna uh, i'm gonna go ahead and agree um but i'll go i'll go a 3-1 map count Okay, uh, but I'll go with Minnesota. Um, but I don't know. I Boston are just like kind of that enigma, one of the enigma yeah. teams right now, where it's like they, you know, I, either you know, Capstill turns up and drops like you know the most CDL kills on a single map, like you know, Mister Bowcage, <laughs> or yeah. um, or they just you know they kind of fall flat. So I, I don't know. Um, but I'll I'll go ahead and Minnesota three one. Yeah, for me, Boston are that weird team right now where like they're like the dwellers in the middle. Like if they play any team from like below Ravens, because in my mind, I, I think the top three are pretty clear right now. I think Optic, FaZe, and, and Ravens are your top three with how Thieves have looked. And, you know, we need to see more out of Ultra, uh, more consistency and Hardpoint specifically. Uh, I think like when you drop below the top three, Boston are that team that I can see beating uh, like Thieves, Ultra down. I can see them. Uh, I'm picking Thieves and Ultra over them. 
but I can see a world uh, where they're able to beat those teams. Like I wouldn't be shocked, but they're that team that to me, I just can't see them touching uh, like London phase or optic right now. I just think they'll kind of get outslayed in respawns and it'll be a, it'll, t- it'll be a tough series for them to win. Uh, they're like that weird middle dweller team, but for some reason I think Minnesota might turn a new leaf and start to show out a little bit. Cause I think they know uh, they love playing with each other so much. And I think they know that roster changes are potentially on the horizon if they flop this week. Uh, so I'm kind of hoping and willing it into existence that they're in winner's bracket in major two at home. Uh, next match though, we've got a very intriguing match. I believe this will be the match that kicks off uh, the Saturday matches right away. We hit it with London versus Atlanta. Uh, pretty crazy match. It's probably a match between your second ranked and your third ranked team uh, in whatever order. Cause maybe some people are starting to throw London up with a phase loss last week. Uh, probably the two versus three team, a huge match for seeding. Cause uh, Atlanta is Owen one and uh, London uh, two and O currently. So if they're able to take out Paris, then win this, they could, uh, have a potential to lock in the one seed, depending on what Optic does uh, and what are the what some of the other undefeated teams uh, in this stage currently do. But where are you leaning for Phase Ravens? It's an interesting one. I I think I want to take a flyer on Ravens here. Okay. Um, I think they might smell the blood in the water right now, as far as like Major Two goes, uh, with Phase dropping one map or one match. Uh, in week one, maybe they're seeing a path to the one or the two seed. Um, so I'm gonna, and you know, we've seen phase. Maybe they're they're still trying to like refine their form. It seems like a little bit. Uh, so I'm gonna go ahead and take Ravens. Uh, three two. Wow, I wasn't expecting that out of you. Uh. Twitter comments, Alfie, if you're listening, get hyped. So, so uh, show some support to Kyle. I know you're always like, man, Kyle's hating on Ravens there. Uh, Kyle picked Ravens just for you. Uh, kind of crazy. Um, I wasn't expecting you to do that. But, you know, when we look ahead, I, I wanted to talk about this when I saw this series. When we look ahead, you know, London or not London, excuse me. FaZe lose last week. They've got Toronto and London this week. Those are two tough matches. Like, is there a world where FaZe is 0-3? to start a qualifier personally there's like almost no way in all likelihood they are two and one uh because you know they're probably the favorite in every match they play right now except for against optic but like is that crazy to think that there's a potential world where atlanta is zero and three i don't know uh it's not crazy like toronto and london could beat them it seems like the uh the, the trolls would be out in full force like you know yeah. non-stop non-stop a bz i can't hear you memes and stuff like um, it would be wild though like it's it's usually you'd be like there's zero chance but considering they're playing two of our top five teams this week it's not out of the realm of possibility mm-hmm. um i wanted to pick london but i kind of want to gain some points on you so i'm gonna go atlanta three two uh to me i feel good enough to just flip to atlanta three two just because of the fact that in my opinion i think uh atlanta's probably still the favorite in this series because right now i'd still like i i find it hard to believe that you know atlanta you know they lost the major and then they lose to seattle i don't think they're on some kind of slide or anything still think they have a very easy potential to come out and win major two um 
I just I feel like this is a point where I can make up some points on you, and to me, this is almost a coin toss series. So I'll I'll choose Atlanta on the other token three two. All right, now we've got uh, we go from a, a matchup of maybe the two and three teams to a matchup of uh, eleven and twelve. New York Paris. Um, this is a weird one to predict right now because I think we both probably say that New York is going to have a new roster. Uh, or maybe some swaps by the time this match happens. And potentially, you never know, Paris could have a swap as well. So this is an odd one to predict, huh? Yeah, this is really, really weird. Um, and I, I can't really preface it by saying like, oh, well, you know, if this move happens, then my pick is this. But, you know, we're sitting here Monday night. I got a pick as the teams stand right now. Um, <laughs> I'm going to give... Uh, subliners uh a win here i'm gonna give really? them as they stand now you'd pick subliners uh, i don't i don't know i mean this is just so hard i mean you have jimbo negative 68 versus like hydra with no or you know hydra playing with like three broken piano keys or something uh so i'm not exactly I don't know. I'm just going to go with what my gut says. Uh, and maybe I'll switch. Maybe I'll be Paris. I don't know. Um, go ahead and give me lock in Paris 3-1. Okay, because when you started out with the, like, if we're picking on current rosters, I thought, oh, that's 100% Paris, because right now, like, Paris has actually shown us something. Like, they were up 2-0 on Minnesota. Uh, they won a couple or they won one match at the major. It looks pretty solid. Like they've been the team that's actually shown us some potential and New York has been on the free fall. So like if I was picking based on current rosters, uh, I'm definitely going Paris, but I'm going to just go on a limb and say New York's going to make a change. I think Paul X will be in the lineup, uh, maybe somebody else. So uh, I'm going to think that New York's going to make a change. I think it's going to make them a little better, get a little honeymoon going. So I'm going to go New York in a three, one fashion. And I'm kind of banking on roster changes because like we said, we can't really put a caveat in there to like, if this happens, I'll do this. If this happens, I'll do that. I'm thinking New York's going to make a change. Uh, and in that case, I, I'll go with them 3-1. Uh, if they don't make a change, I'm ready to hold the L because I think uh, if the roster stay the same, Paris is going to win. But I'm going to go on a limb, say New York makes a change, they win 3-1. All right. Florida versus Optic. Uh, I pretty much stated what my theory is on Optic right now, unless they're playing... Uh, and uh, a top team like a phase of London uh, where I'll consider picking them. But I, I feel like I got to pick them to beat Florida. Um, I think optic for sure wins the uh, search and destroy. I think they'll win the control. Uh, if they ego challenge on Bocage map one, I could see a world where Florida wins. Cause that's like the one map they win, but I don't think they'll do that. I think they'll veto it out uh, and be smart. Try to play Florida on maybe like a Berlin uh, or something that requires a little bit more rotating and optic wins three what did i go against seattle three one uh you did okay i'll go three oh here against uh florida thing i was gonna say three oh as well um <laughs> yeah i mean i i just think florida might run into you know a little bit of a brick wall here uh pun intended a, a brick wall that is green in color <laughs> um so yeah, um, unfortunate for them, but they're running onto the best team in the game. Uh, like I, I could see this being just like a a, a quick a quick affair. Um, you know, like a maybe maybe like a hundred point clubish 
but I, I don't want to get too crazy here. Um, but yeah, I'll say 3 0. Uh, definitely a series I could see going a lot more the distance, but at some point there's got to be some 3 0s. There's a lot last week, so both pick an optic 3 0. Pretty interesting there. Uh, another uh, interesting series here Boston, Toronto. Uh, Toronto, you know, they've had their struggles in hardpoint recently. Maybe looked a little bit better against Minnesota, getting a map one win on Gavutu against them. Boston looked extremely good against LAG last week. Um, I don't know. Uh, where, where are you leaning on this one? I, I I feel like I'm definitely leaning Toronto because I do think they're the better team, but Boston has that upset potential, like I said. Against all teams not named Optic Phase, London, in my opinion, Boston has that upset potential. Uh, which is why I yeah. think they're going to extend this series. So I'm going to go a map five, but goes in favor of Toronto. Yeah, this this is uh, I, I think we're going to have methods on revenge from that uh, getting knocked out of the major one land. Um, you know, they're kind of they're kind of like their Cinderella. Mm, I guess yeah, I didn't run. think of that storyline. Yeah, yeah, their Cinderella run came to an end at uh, map five. I think it was like around ten or something. Uh, mm-hmm. They. So, you know, they definitely showed the ability to extend, and I'm going to go with the willpower of Zinni. Uh, okay, I don't hate and that, that pick. And, and then maybe some Nero Capsital magic and TJ throwing in some S&D performances or something. Um, yeah. I'm going to go ahead and give, uh, I'll, I'll go game five, but I'll give, uh, I'll give Boston the, okay. the win here. I don't hate that at all. I, I think it's definitely realistic. Boston is that team that has that upset potential because uh, I feel like they're always going to be good in the search and destroys. Uh, and then in the respawns, if Capsule and Nero could pop off in the respawns, like uh, we saw Capsule do on Bocage with this 54, set the high for kills on Bocage, 60, 80 Ks, something ridiculous like that. Um, if we see those two pop off, they, they can they can find a way to upset a lot of teams. So I don't mind the pick at all. Uh then we head into the next match of Seattle versus LAG. Uh, you know, you and I have been punished a lot of times this year for putting our faith in LAG. Uh, two teams that maybe you're a little more down on because Seattle's been so bad recently. Uh, and LAG has been so unpredictable. Like we said, basically a coin flip if they win their series or not. Uh, just so random. I am going to side with LAG here, though. Uh, it's tough for me to pick them in a 3-2 because they've been like the anti-ice team. So I'm kind of trying to decide between a 3-1 and a 3-2. Where are you leaning here? Yeah, this one's tough for me. Uh, it's like, do we want to say Seattle is like right back to going uh, you know, 0-2 on the weekend um, versus like LAG, which is like, you know, this other team in a tenuous spot. Uh, it's LAG's one match, I believe, of the weekend. I'll go ahead and give it to Gorillas, but I'm gonna say Seattle can extend it to a game five. Okay, but Gorillas take the game five, so I'm gonna go three two Gorillas. Okay, I'm kind of in that same boat, but I for some reason I feel like if it does go to a game five, I feel like Seattle will ice it out. So I'm going to go 3-1 because I, I do think LAG is going to win this. I really have been talking about the bounce back they're going to have and how I think they're going to turn things around for so long. And uh, hopefully that happens this week because I've been kind of harping on it for a while. So I'm going to go LAG 3-1. But uh, this is a, of the series we've picked so far, this is one of the tougher ones to pick, in my opinion, one of the, the toughest few that we've done. Uh, 
Second to last match of the weekend, though, we end with uh, two pretty good matches. Uh, Minnesota versus Thieves. Interesting matchup here because as we've seen, Thieves, you know, have been that maybe not the best hardpoint team in the game anymore, but for a while, widely regarded as the best hardpoint team in the game. Minnesota, you know, top statistically in a lot of categories for search and destroy. So two kind of opposite teams, you know, expect LA Thieves to potentially bully them in uh, the hardpoints. Expect Minnesota to be able to handle the searches since they've been so good in search and Thieves have been so towards the bottom in search. And then, honestly, I think it's going to come down to control. Um, I don't know. What do you think of this series? You rocking with your your boys in Minnesota? Uh, unfortunately, not. I think that Thieves are due for a bounce back weekend. Um, I just think, yeah, the the the, the gap in uh, you know hard point is really going to set this series apart. So I'm going to take. Uh, thieves and it almost seems too perfect to take him in a one three four, and then you give mm-hmm. Minnesota uh, map two search. Um, but yeah, I just as as much as I want to say that you know Rocker could hold a flame to them and really like push them, push them, push them. Uh, I'm just I'm not sold on thieves being like garbage yet. Uh, even though they they had a tough weekend this past this past go around um so i'll go ahead and say thieves 3-1 yeah i mean i actually honestly when i saw this one i was thinking about picking minnesota winning 2-3-5 um i just really feel like thieves is like i said clear hard point advantage minnesota clear search advantage i feel like it is definitely going to be a thieves map one i think they'll probably play gavutu because Minnesota seems to like that map since they do have three players that like to use an AR. Uh, and obviously, we know Thieves is never going to uh, turn down a chance to play Kavutu. So I feel like that's going to be a map one. I feel like that goes Thieves' way. I don't think the map matters. I think map two goes Minnesota's way. Like I said, I think the winner of the control has a huge advantage because uh, I think Thieves might need to be up 2-1 because I don't know that they can win a map five if they, if they force one. Uh, whereas Minnesota, they just need to find a way to win a respawn to force it to a map five. And then I believe they're going to win. I kind of want to pick Minnesota in a three, two here, but I'm going to go thieves, uh, three, one. I'm going to agree with you. I, I really can see a world where Minnesota pulls us out three, two through two, three, five. And I really wanted to pick it, but I think them winning against Boston, finding a way to get to two and two, and then uh, having a, a date with NYSL next week to potentially lock up, uh, winner's bracket spot seems more likely, so I'll, I'll go Thieves three one. It, it seems odd to think Thieves could start zero and three with a loss here. All right, you ready for the last match? Kind of a banger here, Atlanta Toronto. Uh, had some rough series last week overall, so to see uh, like a London Atlanta, Atlanta Toronto, even like Boston Toronto, uh, really even uh, Boston Minnesota. There's some there's some good series this weekend. We're wrapping it up with Atlanta versus Toronto. Uh, I think I'm still leaning Atlanta here. We saw them really kind of have their way with Toronto at the major in a 3-0 fashion. I don't know that it's going to be a 3-0 this time. I, I think Toronto will find a way to take one of the maps. I really could see them taking anything, hard point, search, control. I feel like the search or control is more likely since they've been struggling so much in hard point recently. So I am going to lean Atlanta in a 3-1, but I think Toronto finds a way to take one of those maps. Yeah, I think... I, I'm I'm in agreement on Atlanta. Um, I just think that Toronto will be able to step their game up. Uh, 
you know, being that they're going against Phase, they the you know back in Gold War they were the only team that could really hold a candle to Phase, um, you know, for the most part. And uh, I think they'll find a way to elevate uh, to push it all the way to a game five. Uh, but I, I, I can't. To see, I I have Atlanta losing to Ravens, so I can't see Atlanta losing two two matches in one weekend. So I'm going to go ahead and give it to Atlanta three two. Yeah, I mean, this is probably the most likely scenario we're ever going to have, or the highest percentage scenario we're ever going to have for Atlanta to start zero three. Though, considering uh, they did lose Seattle, I probably would never pick them to lose Seattle again. But they did lose to them, and now they have two of our top five teams in London and Toronto, like I mentioned. So. Probably the highest scenario, right, that we ever have to see Atlanta potentially go 0-3. Uh, chaos would break out if Atlanta was 0-3 and had a potential to start in loser's bracket. Could you imagine, Kyle, if Atlanta somehow loses two this week and finds themselves potentially in loser's bracket for the major? Like, I, sorry I, for the I, team that loses their first-round match and has to go down and face them. I can't really imagine it. So, <laughs> I mean, it's kind of wild yeah. to, uh, to, to even bring that up. I mean... You know, that's when, you know, you start getting the people you get the early uh, the Hawks would be circling saying that they need a roster change or some yeah, crap like that. You yeah. Know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, you, you, you know, because like, I don't think we've seen Simp and Avizi at their best this year. And that's kind of scary to think. Well, yeah. And you know how good they are when they lose one match against Seattle and people are like praying on their downfall and saying they fell off already because you've literally had not even a chance to say that they're like uh on the downfall because they've been so good like in mw that team like phase didn't end up winning at all but they were like in every final and then obviously in cold war clearing away best team in the game no questions asked they won like what four of the six events uh if you include champs and then this year once again they start out the year they look insane they go undefeated in qualifiers make it to a grand final like you've had no way to criticize them since they teamed even they win champs the first year they're together in bo4 like you've had no way to criticize them though so it's just it's just crazy people uh like you said, if they if they do start 0-3, people are going to be circling, circling vultures and like ready to call for roster changes because they've never been able to hate on Simp and Ibiza in a justified way because they've, I mean, let's face it, Simp and Ibiza have dominated your favorite team. Uh, no matter who your favorite team is, they've dominated them since they've uh, started teaming mm-hmm. in BO4. So people are hungry, I feel like, to hate on them. And that's what we've been seeing on Twitter. But you got anything else to say before we close this out? You got anything down bad sports uh, to talk about? I know the MLB resolved uh the cba issue so you you can't really be down bad yeah so i I was gonna say that it's uh good to see them that they were able to get some uh concessions from owners it seems like everybody is you know at least tentatively happy for now um they're gonna play a full 162 game uh schedule um i think they're gonna possibly have some double headers which are those like seven inning games that Mm -hmm. they play um so you know it's not perfect but um you know that's uh that's already there um we have uh march madness starting this week uh i think there's like 16 games on thursday and friday and then another eight games on saturday and sunday each so it's just a um you know a, a, a like a really like a, a a long weekend laden with like basketball games starting every um every like half hour or something. So uh, I'm, I guess I'll be down bad about my inevitable bracket busts that happen. Hmm. Uh, 
Like, it seems like, you know, you always think that you're, you're the smartest guy going into it or you're like, yeah, I have the best bracket. But then you look at your final four and it's like four one seeds and it's like, well, that's not going to happen. Uh, it's kind of like uh, I saw a clip the other day when, uh, you know, like um, if you've ever seen Shrek, when he like, he like closes the book, he's like, well, that's never going to happen. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm I guess I'll be preemptively down bad about my uh brackets being busted by, the, by, by this time next week i'll be like at 50 i'll be in like the 50th percentile so uh yeah i guess to avoid having to discuss it next week i'll be uh i'll just say it now <laughs> but yeah yeah uh i don't really have much for this week either uh when, i mean when you're mentioning brackets i admittedly am not much of a college basketball fan i'm the oh, classic, neither am i uh, i'm the classic i watch march madness and that's it like i have not watched a regular season college basketball game this entire year, but I'm a big basketball fan in general. I'm a really big NBA fan. And I mean, I just love basketball. So like March madness and the excitement and all the game winners and all the craziness that goes on. And like the Cinderella stories, I'm all for March madness. I definitely uh, consume a ton of that, but I swear the people that don't watch as much do better in their brackets. Like one of my buddies from college, like his sport is like college basketball, college football. Like he doesn't even really watch pro sports. He loves college basketball and college football. And like, he studies all these teams. He like feels like he knows so much. He like picks all these crazy upsets. And I swear to you, he finished like dead last or second to last every <laughs> year in our college pick them because like he overthinks it. And I'm like, Hey, I've been hearing a lot of people talk about this 12 seed They're They're apparently pretty good. I've been hearing a lot of people talk about, uh, this 10 seed, you know, they're really good. I'll pick them to go to the sweet 16. And like, uh, you tend to pick more chalk when you're not trying to like know every team so well and pick a bunch of upsets. I mean, you just, if you pick most of the higher seeds, odds are your bracket's probably going to be pretty decent because most times the higher seeds win. There's always the one uh, lower seed that makes a run, but like, it's crazy. I swear the people that like know way more about it do worse because they just like overthink everything. But uh, I'm probably gonna be in the same boat as you. Probably we'll look at my bracket next week after uh, the first couple rounds and it'll be right all over the place and look horrible. Uh, but I'm excited for that next week. It's always a fun time of year. Yeah, I mean, just a quick closing thing. I had a, I was in a bracket one year, and uh, my buddy's sister won it because she picked the teams that she liked the logos the most. Yeah, like it's so, so it's random. Like, <laughs> yeah, so so uh, shouts to your friend for you know being like investing hundreds of hours into researching all these crazy like thirteen seeds or something, and really they get blown out in the first weekend. So. Yeah, uh, there was really no method to the madness. I remember last year he had like, a, I think it was Colgate. They were like a 13 or 14 seed. They're actually playing the Badgers uh, in the first round this year as a 14 seed. But last year they were like a 13, 14 seed. I believe it was them. And he was like, this team has like crazy free throw percentage. They have all these like things going for them. They're going to be such a great team. I'm picking them to like go to the sweet 16. Like they are the upset team. I'm pretty sure they lost by 30 in the first round. And he was like hyping them up like he was the smartest guy ever. He knew they were going to move on and they got killed in the first round, yeah. whatever team it was, I think it was Colgate, but like, yeah, you, you can't trust a team that's named after a toothpaste. Yeah, exactly. I, ho- I hope we can't trust them. I hope the Badgers don't get first rounded by them, but that would be a really Badgers thing to do. Uh, but we'll see what happens. You got anything else before we wrap this one out? No, I'm ready to send these people off to bed. All right. Uh, that's going to do it for this one. Uh, we obviously talked a lot about the, the previous matches, got into our predictions. Uh, If you enjoyed this one on YouTube, be sure to leave a like, comment, and subscribe. Drop your predictions down below. We love hearing from you guys. Been getting a lot of new engagement from new listeners as well as old listeners. Uh, All the engagements, we love to talk to you guys down in the comments. So we'll look forward to talking to all of you guys. If you're on the audio platforms, 
Uh, be sure to leave a review on there if you enjoyed. Uh, drop a follow on there if you're able. We really appreciate it. Um, that's going to do it for this one. We will see you in the next one when we're discussing uh, the matches from the previous weekend and doing predictions already for the final week uh, of qualifiers next week. So thank you guys so much for watching, and we will see you in the next one.